Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Greg Peterson experience here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got three tremendous hours for you as we're looking at a little bit of everything because obviously you've got the divisional round of the playoffs coming up and. We are going to be going in-depth on that for the next few hours as we're going to be joined by Tom Casale, who does great work over at Action Network, along with Mark Dremeller over at Yahoo Sports. In about 15 minutes, we'll be able to take a look at this, but we're also going to be taking a look at some UFC with Mark Dremeller as well. And with Tom, we're going to be talking some college basketball. So we're going to have a lot of fun with them in our number one. And then in our number two, we're breaking down the NFL playoffs and so much more with Brad Thomas, who does great work over at NBC Sports Bad, and Anthony DeBundo over at Action Network. And on top of that, we're giving you guys some EPL, and then we're giving you guys some tennis in our number three. The Australian Open is going down. Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, he's going to be joining me to talk about that little NBA, little NFL. So how about this? First stuff in the stat sheet, NFL UFC, EPL, tennis, NBA, college basketball. We might have a little bit of golf as well. So, yep, we've got everything covered except for baseball. And unfortunately, pitchers and catchers do not report for a while. And that's something that makes me sad because I am a fan of baseball. You're going to be finding that out come the spring and summer months when there's nothing on other than baseball. There will be a lot of shows across sports media that are going to have a tough time filling for time. I, I am not going to be one of them because 
There's always a lot of excitement there, but there's just a lot of excitement in the sports world in general as well. As For those of you guys taking a look at the college basketball card for Wednesday, we saw three teams in the Big East that entered the day ranked go down. You knew that you were going to get one of them go down because with Marquette and Providence, both of those teams are ranked. They were playing one another, so you figured that that would happen, but the collapses, they just continue to be rampant in college basketball, and the most notable one, that I saw was the Seton Hall versus UConn game. And with UConn, by the way, now four and five in the Big East. They look like the number one team in all of college basketball three weeks ago, and now they've got a sub-500 record in the Big East. Just absolutely wild what we are seeing with that. But Seton Hall was able to get the job done by kind of 67 to 66, and that's just the beauty and, shall we say, sometimes the tragedy of college basketball. You see teams that they rise up super duper fast. You see teams that underachieved begin the season and then they're able to really play to their standards once the season goes on. So, I mean, it's just been so interesting to take a look at this UConn team because UConn at one point in this game was up 15. They were up 37 to 22 going into the end of the first half. I believe that at halftime they were up by a count of 40 to 26. And then things went straight down the toilet bowl for them. And it really does feel like it's a theme from this year. I would really need to do a deep dive. And I would need more than the hours in a day that I currently have to utilize. Unfortunately, much like you guys, I only have 24 hours in a day. But just gauging some of the blown leads of, I think the arbitrary number we should throw out there is north of 12 points that we've been seeing this year in college basketball. I feel like it has to be at an all-time high. I'm sure that many of you guys listening to this, if you're betting college basketball, you're probably like, yep, I totally agree. Like anyone that, like me, had Georgia versus versus Kentucky on Tuesday, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where you've got a underdog that's up like eight-plus points at the end of the half, and they don't cover double digits. It's just one of those things that it happens... It absolutely stinks. You hope to be on as many good sides as you are bad sides because it always feels like they go against you. They really don't go for you. And if they're going for you, well, continue to do whatever you're doing. If you have like a ritual where you eat chicken breasts before the games or anything like that, if you have a ritual where you eat a burger before the day or anything like that, if you're eating spaghetti for breakfast, continue to eat spaghetti for breakfast, whatever it takes, just to be able to get those good breaks to go your way because when they don't go your way, they stink. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But, I mean, it is really the theme that we're seeing in college basketball right now and that a lot of evenly matched teams. This is not what we've seen the last few years in college basketball. I, I mean, even last year, you didn't necessarily have a complete runaway of a number one team in Gonzaga, but you had to play pretty clear number one. I do feel like we're getting... A little bit more clarity with regards to number one. I would put it with Houston. There are some people that might disagree with me, but the Houston Cougars, what they did on Tuesday, being able to go into Tulane, they win that game by 20 points. They've really shown me enough to be the number one team in all of college basketball. Only reason why you're not going to get a team from the Big 12, because I think that the Big 12 is by far the best conference in all of college basketball, but because it's by far the best conference in all of college basketball, You've got a Kansas team that they lose to Kansas State, and they're probably going to finish a Big 12 season with four-plus losses just because when you're going up against Texas twice, when your easiest games 
are against West Virginia, Texas Tech, the likes of that. Your easiest games, you're just going to take losses. Like, if you put Gonzaga in the Big 12, how many losses do you think they would take? I would think at least six, perhaps eight. And that's a Gonzaga team that is currently in the top 10, which if you know why voters are putting Gonzaga in the top 10, you let me know because I would very much like to know why. I mean, it was shown through that Gonzaga on a neutral court against Baylor. Baylor right now is having a little bit of a rough go of it in the Big 12 themselves. They lose that game, granted. It took a pretty big calamity by Nolan Hickman at the end of the game to lose that game, but still, they lose that game, but that's just really what you're seeing in college basketball, and it's a big reason why in college basketball, it's a sport where I really do not advise taking a look at futures, unless if you're one of those people that you're taking flyers at like 80 to 1, 100 to 1 on a team that you think, hey, they might go into the second week, and if they go into the second week, you can hedge out, you can make some money just long term, but you take a look at the top teams in terms of the college basketball futures board. Right now you've got four teams that are outside of twelve or that are twelve to one or less. You've got UCLA at twelve to one, Kansas at ten to one, Alabama ten to one, Houston at six to one. I think Houston is the best team in all of college basketball. I would never in a million years take six to one at this point in the year because you're going to be able to get Houston at a solid number, even if they win out in the American, just because the American doesn't really have a lot of marquee teams. Your best team in the conference is Memphis, and Memphis is a solid team. I think that, that when it's all said and done, they make the NCAA tournament, but past that, like Wichita State is down this year. You're probably not going to be seeing an upset bid from someone like Tulsa, who, I mean, man, they, they've covered two games thus far this year. If you took three with them in that game against SMU, thoughts and prayers with you. It looked like they were finally going to be able to get to the window for you. They lose by three, so you get the push on that game. It's been a rough experience, but you'll notice that there's still built in a lot of preseason expectations on this futures board as well. Gonzaga is still sitting there at 20 to 1. You still have a team like North Carolina at 35 to 1, along with Kentucky at 35 to 1. And if you want to take a shot on North Carolina at 35 to 1, I salute you because I don't. <laughs> what have we seen this year out of North Carolina that makes us think that they're going to be able to rekindle the magic from last season? This is a futures board where the only real plays are the teams that are down the board that you think could be able to creep up, like Virginia Tech, for example. They lose tonight to Virginia. They're currently an unranked team. If you think they could be able to cobble things up, much like they did at the end of last season, be able to make a run in the NCAA tournament. You know what? Being able to get 100 to 1, not bad value. A team like Providence, they lose tonight against Marquette, but entered into the night ranked in the top 25. A team that, personally, I like 90 to 1. You know what? That's not bad value, but there's just one thing in college basketball that prevents you from really being able to take some of these favor some of these teams that are towards the top of the odds board, and that's just the nature of the way that the NCAA tournament is unlike any other sport. In sports like the NFL, the MLB, NBA, you're able to go down the list. It's not too hard to project the road that you're going to be able to get to a title. Now, you've got some, shall we say, randomness that happens at a lot of these leagues. The NBA especially, you don't have a lot of randomness because anytime that a lower seed wins in the playoffs, that's very much unexpected just because that's a sport where the cream seems to rise to the top. Meanwhile, in the MLB playoffs, 
that seems to be a little bit more of a random one, along with the NHL playoffs as well. You get a lot of variance in terms of those results. It's not as much like the NBA where it just feels like you've got your clear-cut top teams. They always seem to make those runs. You really don't get your six seeds, your seven seeds, being able to win even one playoff series, let alone multiple playoff series. But in the NCAA tournament, who in the world are these teams going to be playing? Because the old adage in boxing is matchups make fights. That is the exact same thing in college basketball because you've got some teams that play at a pace of like 12 possessions per game, fewer than others. You get good draws, you get bad draws. Going back to the NCAA tournament last year, at no point during the college basketball season did I ever have Kansas as my number one team on my power rankings. Now, I don't think I ever had them outside of the top eight. They were always a solid team, but I mean, Gonzaga was my number one team on my power rankings. When I filled out my bracket, guess who I put as my team to win the whole thing? Kansas. Because their bracket was, or their draw in the bracket was so much better than that of Gonzaga's that it made Gonzaga just a side that I could not take. And there wasn't that one team where it's like, oh, regardless of the draw, they're going to be so much better. And that is the same case this year as well. So you do run a little bit of a risk when you take these teams that are a little bit higher up on the futures board, but you run no risk when you take guests that are high up on your board of guys that you think are very trustworthy and always provide good information. And that's what we're going to be doing next because Tom Casale, he does great work over at Action Network. Mark Drummeller, likewise over at Yahoo Sports. They're going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at the NFL Divisional Round with them next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. That way, you're able to see all the changes in the action. Find where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well as betting splits are another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VSIN.com. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, great to be joined by these two gentlemen as we've got Mark Drummeller does great work at Yahoo Sports and likewise for for Tom Casali over at Action Network. And gentlemen, always great to have you aboard. And let's lead things off by taking a look at the game with the tightest spread in terms of the NFL board. And that would be the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers with the 49ers. They're currently now in most places a four-point favorite. We're seeing a few three-and-a-half still out there, but anywhere between three-and-a-half and four is a number total on this game between 46 and 46-and-a-half. Tom, I will start out with you on this one. What are you saying on this game? Because this is one where I do think that the Cowboys have some upside, and I do think that with the Cowboys – what we saw against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we don't need to throw it completely out. At the same time, we do need to keep into perspective with how good the Cowboys looked. It was against a team in the Buccaneers that at no point this year were they ever good. No, I agree. And I mentioned last week that I've been a Cowboys fan my entire life. Uh, but I think, they, listen, they played well. Uh, they, they played well against Tampa Bay. But I think people don't want to admit that the boogeyman is dead. He's dead. <laughs> If it wasn't for the Rams playing prevent for 50 seconds and Mark Ingram stepping out of bounds a yard short of the first down, Tom Brady's got six wins this year. He hasn't played well all year. This whole notion that, oh, he was playing better down the stretch, he wasn't. So, listen, he was the second worst player on the field behind the Cowboys kicker Monday night. <laughs> and as much as I, listen, San Fran Dallas 
that hits home with me. The first game I remember watching was the catch as a little kid. It made me cry. Obviously, those early 90 uh, wars in the NFC Championship. I'll do anything for the Cowboys to win this game. I do think it's kind of a bad matchup for them, though, because San Fran can line up and pound the ball right at them. They can pull those guards in center, and they can get uh, Parsons out of there. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a competitive game. Um, but I think at the end of the day, San Francisco wins this one. Yep, I think so as well. I do have a feeling that this could be a three-point game, though. I think that this Mm -hmm. could come down to a field goal. So I personally, I've yet to bet this personally, but I'm taking a look at the three-and-a-half to four right now with the Cowboys. Where do you stand on this game, Mark? Because I do think that the 49ers, they get the job done. I think that they win this game outright, but I just have that sneaking feeling that this is going to be a three-point game. Yeah, I I bit and I took the four with Dallas and I think the three and a half is probably good. Like you said, I think it could be a field goal game, but I think Dallas is one of the few teams that is explosive enough offensively to where they're live against the San Francisco defense. Um, When you look at the 49ers defense, very few holes, but one of them is they do let up explosive plays. You can throw the ball vertically down the field on this defense. We saw Jared Stidham do it for 365 yards. He had four receivers with 20 plus yards complete in that game the tight ends went off in that game uh, Waller and Moreau over 127 yards combined um, against this Niners defense so when you look at Dallas and how their offense operates you know Lamb Gallup those guys can get down the field and put a lot of pressure if Prescott gets enough time that's the key right he's got to get enough time back there if that front is able to get pressure on Prescott and make him uncomfortable all game it's going to be a long game for Dallas but you know looking at the confidence that they had this weekend they're into a much bigger challenge but again you know, this offense is humming now. They're playing with a lot of confidence. I think they can go out there and get on top of San Francisco early. If you look at the 49ers against Seattle, you know, Seattle had to, had the right game plan. Deep down the field, the DK Metcalf had a ton of success, got some big plays. Last three games, the 49ers defense, 28th in EPA per drop back allowed, right? And that's against Jared Stidham, Trace McSorley, and David Blau, and, uh, you know, Geno Smith in that final wildcard game. So I do think there is a path for the Cowboys here. Can they be consistent enough to get the job done? We're going to have to find out, but I did take a shot with the four points. Yep, I'm right now leaning to that side as well. I just, I need to take a look at it just a little bit more because I have to keep in mind that the win that the Dallas Cowboys had over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that was never good this year. I need to keep that into perspective, but that said, with the Dallas Cowboys, I don't think that they're as bad as they played on defense at last month or so of the regular season. Probably not as good as they were when they were really humming along in like October or what have you. But certainly it is a spot where I do feel like this could be a field goal game. And we're going to go back to you on this one, Mark, because you've got the Philadelphia Eagles helmet in the background if you're watching on VEASAN.com. And we've got the Eagles. We've got the Giants. A good old divisional matchup in which we're finding this line at 7.5 with the Philadelphia Eagles laying it at a total of 48. I just feel like the hook is making this a little bit too much on this game. I think the Eagles get it done. I do think that Jalen Hurts going to look relatively solid in this game, though I know that there have been reports that he's not fully at 100%, even though there was the bye week this past week. But where do you stand on this game? Because I think the biggest thing that I take a look at in this one is the improved play of Daniel Jones and the way that this coaching staff has just done an amazing job with them. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Jones looked great against that Minnesota defense, you know, as does every quarterback that plays the Vikings, right? And (laughs) I think that's what it comes down to. We're going to hear a lot of talk about Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones, but if you go back to, you know, week 14 when these two teams played in New York, you know, Philly closed at like a seven-point favorite on the road, um, they completely mauled the Giants in the trenches. Uh, Miles Sanders ran for 144 yards at almost nine yards per carry. Daniel Jones was completely ineffective as a runner um, and a passer. He uh, They sacked uh, Giants quarterbacks seven times in that game. Saquon Barkley held the 28 yards on the ground. So I really think that's where this game is going to be won. Lane Johnson back at practice, throwing people around. So I really like the Eagles in, this tr- in the trenches in this matchup. And if you look at the two games, even the Week 18 game combined, um, Philly outscored the Giants 40-7 to in the first half. So if you don't want to lay the seven, and a half you don't think it'll come back down to seven you can still get some philly minus three and a half first half you can get some philly minus 225 money line in the first half there are definitely ways that you can kind of attack this game but um i do think it is philly and i think it's because of you know the dominance that they showed in the trenches when they lined up against these guys and i think that'll continue um this weekend i do think that that's a good point that you got with just the eagles on both lines they do have the advantage in this game And for the New York Giants, if there is one edge that they do have, they've got the best running back out there. And Saquon Barkley, I know that we've seen Miles Sanders be relatively solid for the Eagles, but that is one thing that the Giants have going for them. And I will throw this to you, Tom. How do you view this game? Because I do think that an under game bodes better for the Giants being able to cover this number just because I do think that 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 would entail them being able to run the ball a little bit more, chew up a little bit more clock, and just take away some of those chunk plays in general that we always see with the Philadelphia Eagles. But where do you stand on this game? Because I do think that this could be a game that lands a touchdown. I think the hook is just getting to be a little bit too much. Yeah, I mean, I could probably just say ditto for what (laughs) what Mark said. I agree with everything he said 100%. Uh, I think the Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFL. I don't think there's a close second. I think Lane Johnson might be the best offensive lineman in the NFL. So if he's 75%, he's still better than most of the guys out there. I think that's the difference for me. Like Mark said, they ran it down the Giants' throat in that first game. I think that's going to be the game plan again. The other thing to watch is Evan Neal, the rookie tackle for the Giants, has struggled this season, and the Eagles are number one in the NFL with 70 sacks. I think they're going to send blitzes that way, confuse Neal. I think they're going to put pressure on Jones. You know, I I kind of agree with you. I think it's kind of an under game. I I see the Eagles controlling both lines of scrimmage, like Mark said, and that makes it tough for me to take the seven and a half with the Giants, because as we get in the second half, if the Eagles are controlling those lines of scrimmages, I think then they could pull away and cover this number. I haven't bet it. Uh, I'm still looking at it. I don't like laying over a touchdown, obviously, in the playoffs. It's always tough, but I think Mark hit it on the head. If Lane Johnson is there, if he's healthy, I think that's a big difference. I think Hertz gets going on the ground. I like his over rushing yards because if he's not 100% as a thrower, I think he runs more. I, I lean the Eagles and under here. And is this a game that perhaps you're just going to let it marinate for the next few days and just continue to check the injury report as to whether or not you better it or not? 
Yeah, and you know, I got a lot going on here, Greg. I said I'm a Cowboys <laughs> fan. My son is an Eagles fan. I live oh, in upstate gosh. New York. I'm surrounded by Giants fans. I mean, I'm I'm getting ready to put my head through the wall over this game. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think this is one I could I could definitely see myself betting closer to kickoff. Absolutely. And sometimes that's the most important thing to do. Just gather information and these are lines that certainly you want to be able to get the best of it, but sometimes you pay for a little bit of information. You'd rather lose a half a point rather than just gambling on not knowing what in the world you're getting out of that side. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at the AFC side of things with Mark and Tom right here on the Great Peterson Experience. I'm Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zid Nicotine Pouches, which is the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine pouches, they're either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for. But Zid Nicotine Pouches, they might surprise you because Zin is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zinn online or find a store that is nearest you. That is at Zinn.com, Z-Y-N.com today. And warning that this is a product that contains nicotine. And nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Greg Peters Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Being rejoined by Tom Casale, who does great work over at Action Network. And Mark Dremel does great work over at Yahoo Sports. And we took a look at the NFC side of things last segment. Now let's dive into the AFC side of things. And when it comes to Chiefs versus Jaguars, it is one where I do think that the one seed, they're going to be able to survive in advance. But I feel like there's a lot of games on the card right now where I think that the favorite wins outright, but they don't necessarily cover the number. And feeling the same way on this game. Chiefs are an 8.5 point favorite. Total on this game is 53. Tom, I'll start with you on this. Where do you stand on this game? Because the biggest trepidation I have is that the Chiefs, for multiple years now, have not been able to cover these spreads of north of a touchdown and with the Jacksonville Jaguars showing what they showed against the Chargers and them just coming into this game white hot, having won essentially seven out of their last eight games. I do think that it's going to be hard for the Chiefs to be able to win this game by north of a touchdown. Yeah, I like Jacksonville here plus the points. You know, one of the things to watch in this game is if you know, the the kind of blueprint to beat the Chiefs is, is to keep their offense on the sidelines, right? Getting first downs, sustaining drives. I feel like Jacksonville might be able to do this here with Travis Atn, uh, the receivers. You know, they might not get as many big plays, but just eat the clock up, get some drives, get points on the board, make it a tight game. That's kind of how I see this game going. You know, and I also like, I think there's a good prop here. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, I got it over 52 and a half yards. He's gone over uh, that number in eight of his last nine, and he's averaged 70 yards per game during that span. You know, I think Jacksonville is going to play back uh, to try to stop Mahomes, uh, rush four guys, and, and make them run the ball. So I think Pacheco could have a nice game. But I think this is going to be a heck of a game. This is one of the games I'm really looking forward to watching. So I think it's going to be an interesting game that's going to go down to the fourth quarter. Yep, I think so as well. With the Jacksonville Jaguars, they've really been one of the most improved teams in the league. I've had to bolster them pretty much as much as any team in the NFL from the midpoint of the season. Mark, where do you stand on this game? 
Yeah, if Jacksonville's going to keep this one close, it's going to go over the total because Kansas City is going to score on this Jaguars defense. Um, you know, I played the over at 51 and a half. I played some over Chiefs team total at 30 and a half. And I, I just really think that um, this is a massive mismatch when you look to Chiefs offense that's number one across the board. You know, DVOA, passing DVOA, EPA per play. You know, the list, it's a laundry list of where they rank number one as far as advanced metrics are concerned. And they're getting a Jacksonville defense defense that's fourth worst tackling unit um don't do well tackling in space they're 30th in passing dvoa so that secondary can be had we saw them let up you know 30 points to to the chargers um of course some of that was during turnovers but if you just look during the season um they left the fourth most yards to tight ends that doesn't bode well when you're going up against travis kelsey so i think if the jaguars are going to keep pace in this game they're going to have to score a ton of points and i think that's just going to force the chiefs to continue to score um First two playoff games last year, Chiefs scored 42 points in each game. So I don't think they're going to come out flat out of the bye. I think they're going to come out rolling and put up a big number here. And I think the Jags, you know, whether they're competitive throughout the entire game or, you know, they scratch and claw their way to get back in it late, um, I think they're going to do enough scoring to push this one over the 51 and a half. I'd say like 53 now. I'd probably still even play it at that number. We get a little bit higher to 54, obviously. Um, it gets a little iffy, but I do see a lot of points in this one. And I recognize that this is a little bit more of a regular season trend, but Andy Reid coming off of a bye, typically it goes relatively solid if you back him in that spot as well. So something else to take note of. And Tom, we're going to be taking note of this Bengals versus Buffalo Bills game. And I just am befuddled at the line movement that we've been seeing because this is a number that opened up between four and four and a half, and then it gets to five. Now it's in most places five and a half. DraftKings is really the lone five that I'm seeing with the Buffalo Bills being the favorite and a total of 48. This just feels like another field goal game. I could see the Buffalo Bills being able to get it done. No doubt there's going to be a lot of emotion around this game because it was the infamous Tamar Hamlin Monday Night Football game from a few weeks ago. Good to see Mr. Hamlin doing so much better now. That is something that we all love to see. And we know that Buffalo is going to be rocking for this game, but I didn't like what I saw at Buffalo last week. I do recognize that the Bengals are banged up, but this just feels like too many points in this ordeal between two teams I think are relative equals. Oh, I agree 100%. I, the Bengals would have been my biggest play of the season if it wasn't for their left tackle getting hurt last week. And I think that's why the line's sitting around five. You know, they have multiple offensive line injuries, and they're, they're, they're important. They're, they're big injuries. I will say this, though. Joe Burrow is one of those quarterbacks that can make your line look better. He gets the ball out quickly. I think this is going to be their game plan. Use those three receivers, spread Buffalo out. You know, I don't like this Bills secondary at all. You look at their last two games, Mac Jones lit them up. They had trouble against Miami with a third string quarterback. I think the Bills defense is one of the weakest units left in the playoffs. I just... I agree. I look at this game on paper and, and, you know, you got the X factor of Jonah Williams being out for, for the Bengals, the left tackle that, that certainly comes into play, but on paper, this is an even game. This is a close game. I, I was considering it at the opening number one, it got up to five, five and a half. Then I think you have to take the Bengals. I just don't know if the bills defense is good enough for them to cover this number. Yep. I don't know if they are good enough to be able to cover this number either. And Mark, do you have a little bit of a different opinion here or do, are you in lockstep with us and making it a family play just because I just look at this game and it says field goal to me written all over at one side or the other. And 
regardless of which side it is, that gives you the cash on the underdog. Yeah, let's all go to the window together on this one. I yeah. mean, I, you want to give Joe Burrow five points in the playoffs, you know, as an underdog, um, you know, he'll take it every time. And I think, you know, Tom hit the nail on the head. They can spread out this Buffalo defense, get rid of the ball and attack that secondary. I think that's really going to be the difference in the game. And on the other side of the ball, you know, Lou Amarumo, what he wants to do is kind of keep everything in front of them. That's really what they do. And that's what frustrates Mahomes when they play them. They make them matriculate the ball down the field. Josh Allen doesn't like to do that either he likes to whip it 60 yards through the air um, but they're not going to give him that and they're going to make him beat him methodically and I don't know if Josh Allen can do it without making mistakes he hasn't been able to do it this year so if you want to bet the bills in this one you bet it live because Cincinnati has come out red hot um, two games against the Ravens they started by leading 17 nothing and nine nothing they went up 22 nothing to the Patriots the week before they played the bills and when they played the bills they went right down the field and scored the first time they touched the ball so if you want to play the bills I wouldn't lay that five points I'd hit it live I think that that's a good look there and what else is a good look Mark is I know that you're taking a look at UFC 283. It's going to be going down in the country of Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. I know that you've got a couple plays. Take me through what you like with the main headliner being the Ho versus Teixeira fight. Yeah, so th this is a fun one. And, you know, the fights are back. We're in Brazil. Glover Teixeira now gets a shot to re reclaim his late heavyweight title. Um, and I think he's the side here. The market doesn't agree with me. He's up to like plus 120 in a lot of spots here. But, you know, he closed as a dog in his losses to Santos and Blahowicz. Um, I mean, his wins against Santos and Blahowicz. And I just think that he's constantly disrespected by the market because he's 43 years old and age is a huge factor in MMA. So I think people are just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop there. But I don't think it happens here against Hill. Um, Hill you know, knockout artist, huge power. But I think Teixeira can kind of break him down um, with his boxing, get this fight to the ground where he's going to be able to just control him on top and kind of grind him out until, you know, Hill gives up his neck for a submission. Um, Hill was taken down six times in his last fight in his victory against Santos. Santos wasn't able to finish him off, but um, I do think Teixeira will if this one goes to the ground. And this is a big step up for Hill. Um, again, it's only his eighth UFC fight. Um, he has fought in a couple of main events, but they were at the apex. They were at fight nights. This is a pay-per-view against Glover Teixeira in his hometown in Brazil. That crowd's going to be going wild. So um, I think it's going to be a tough spot for Hill here. To, you know, his, his really his only path to victory is knocking out Teixeira. Um, and, you know, I, I just think Teixeira is going to be savvy enough to get this one to the ground and, and choke him out and reclaim his title. And to your point about this, being a fight involving a knockout artist in Hill. We're seeing a round prop of one and a half, just the over right around minus 125 to minus 130. Typically, you do not find that in championship fights like this. So it should be a lot of fun. And Mark, I know that you do a great job over there at Yahoo Sports, breaking down the NFL, college football when that's in season, UFC, list goes on and on. Always do appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Always great to have Mark Drumheller aboard, and we've also got Tom Casali aboard, and his main specialty is college basketball. We're going to be talking about that with him on the flip side. We've got 76 college basketball games that are going to be coming up for Thursday. Not necessarily a ton of power conference teams, but there's lots of money to be made with mid-majors, and myself and Tom are going to be looking to do that next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. The football playoffs are heating up with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your O2 Sportsbook for all things football this playoff season. Celebrate this weekend with our divisional round parlay insurance and then extend the fun throughout the rest of the playoffs with our playoff for touchdown insurance. Log into BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Visa and the Sports Bank Network being rejoined by Tom Casale. He does great work over at Action Network. Tom, we just talked about some NFL. We both love the NFL, but we both love college basketball. 
For those watching on vsin.com, YouTube TV, you've got behind you a UNLV jersey and a North Carolina jersey. Okay. I absolutely love it, and I absolutely love the fact that we've got a lot of mid-major college basketball, and this one is a fascinating game. How about if we go with a battle of tempos? Rice versus North Texas, 773-774 on the board. North Texas opened up an 11.5-point favorite. We've seen this come down to 9.5 and, and 10. Certainly at 11.5, I thought you were getting good value with Rice. I think there's still a little remaining here at 10. It's starting to dwindle. And total on this game between 130.5 and 131.5. And Where do you stand on this game? Because I think it's a fascinating game, both in terms of the side and the total, because North Texas, they're playing three and a half possessions slower than darn near every other team in college basketball and race. Top 30 team in raw possessions per game. Yeah, listen, these this is not a good matchup for Rice. We know that because they played three times last year and Rice scored 43, 44, and 50 points and got and the they're doors a fast off of them. Yeah, they're fast. That's And so what North Texas does well is everything that bothers Rice, right? They slow the pace, they guard the three-point line, they turn you over. And so I just don't think it's a great matchup for the Owls, but you know, the number is so big now in this game, uh, especially after they just, you know, destroyed them last year in three times. What I might going to look for here, Greg, is when the when the team totals come out, I might look for under on the Rice team total. I think this is going to be a slower pace game. You know, I, I don't know if Rice is going to get beat by 30 like they did last year every time they played. Um, and I don't think laying double digits with North Texas is a great way to retire. So <laughs> I, I think North Texas will get their pace. And I, I think Rice is going to have trouble scoring. I'd be surprised if they top 60 points. So I'm going to look at the Rice team total under. I don't think that that's a bad look at all. I personally set my total for this game more around the 128, 128 and a half range. So we're seeing mostly totals that are north of 131 right now. I think that you've got good value on an under. So I am right there with you on this one because when it comes to a battle of a fast team and a slow team like this, I'm not sure how you view this, but I typically default to it being a little bit easier to slow down a fast team. You've got rare exceptions like Iowa always seems to get their tempo. The Citadel prior to this past year, they just seemed to always get their tempo. They would be the team that would say, you're going to score 75 on us, but we're going to score 80. The Citadel never scored 80, but they would always give up north of 75 points, so they fulfilled half of that for you. But that said, where do you stand in terms of these tempo battles? Because I do think that it always is a little bit better for the slow team. No, I agree, especially when you play as slow as North Texas. The that That's really, really slow. I, the only way you can really speed them up much is if they're if they're just ice cold from the field, they're they're missing a ton of shots, you're getting out in transition, you're turning them over a little bit. I mean, a lot has to go right to speed up North Texas. So, and again, I, I like these contrasting styles because as we've seen in recent meetings, just they, they bother Rice with their perimeter defense and it makes it harder for Rice to make shots they shoot poorly against them and then that allows north texas to bring the ball up slowly you know milk that clock limit possessions so i agree with you i think for a team like north texas that plays at a snail's pace it's easier to slow down a team and it appears as though thursday is going to be a day for the owls so that means that our good friend lane kiffin is very very happy and <laughs> Lower atlantic finally might be known for something 
other than being the home of Lane Kiffin and him doing the whole Go Owls thing that was a big giant gift for many, many years. But <laughs> right now, they are a 16.5 to a 17-point road favorite against UT San Antonio. Florida Atlantic has now been ranked in the top 25, rightfully so. I love this team. They're one of the most balanced teams in all of college basketball. They're solid on offense. They're solid on defense. I'm not sure how you view this game, though, but... I just feel like this summer has gotten up too lofty with a UTSA team that honestly is able to bury a few shots and maybe able to improve that backcourt just a little bit. Yeah, I went against Florida Atlantic in their last game with Western Kentucky, and it, it didn't work out. And my reasoning was, they, okay, they're playing on the road. The, the game before that they played on the road was against, a you know, a, a, not a very good FIU team. They went into overtime. They won by four. They've been playing a lot of close games before the Western Kentucky game. You know, the, the, game, the, the, the games have been decided by four points or less. So I, Western Kentucky, something just not meshing there. You know, I was high on them before the season. And it's just not happening. But this feels like a sleepy game, right? The, a, a game that you get in college basketball sometimes where maybe the team's not up to playing. They're on the road. They're laying a big number. So, yeah, I could see this going in the favor of the underdog. Yep, I could as well. And speaking of Western Kentucky, they're now between a four and four and a half point underdog against Louisiana Tech. It's a Western Kentucky team that I'm right there with you. I like what I saw towards the beginning of the season. They've got a giant of the earth in Jamarian Sharp, who leads all of college basketball in block shots. They rank in the top 30 in three-point shooting percentage, but something just seems amiss with them. Now, seeing this get up to four and a half, I'm going to be willing to take anything north of four with Western Kentucky, but it's a very strange team. It's a team that I'm proceeding with caution on. Yeah, sometimes these teams just don't mesh. You know, a team I liked heading into the year that not a lot of people, not, not a lot, but some people didn't like was Alabama. And my reasoning was they didn't, they just didn't mix last year. Like, nothing meshed right with that team. They had talent, but it just didn't come together. So I thought this year's team would be better, would be a, a better team under Nate Oates' style. Um, and they've been a lot better than I thought they were going to be. But Western Kentucky is one of those teams. Like, you look at their talent for a mid-major team, not many mid-majors can boast what they have, and they just can't get it going for some reason. They've lost some close games, but they just go through these droughts where they're sloppy. Uh, it just feels like uh, they're better on paper than on the court. Yep, I'm in total agreement with you there. It's been very interesting to take a look at this Western Kentucky team. Heck, they got Emmanuel Acott late in the process. He's been very yeah. solid for them as well. And it's still not necessarily translating into wins. And something that has not translated into wins, sticking with Jared Haas for another year at Stanford. It's been a really bad year for the Cardinal. To say that I'm surprised would be a complete and utter lie because this team, they just have not been able to get it going for a very, very long time. They need to bring back the Lopez twins, but I don't think that they're going to be coming back anytime soon. And, Right now with Sanford, they're nine and a half to a ten-point favorite against Oregon State. Total on this game between one thirty-two and one thirty-two and a half. And Oregon State stinks. No fans or buts about it. They fight hard. Wayne Tinkle is able to get the most out of these guys, but they're not good. With that said, there aren't a lot of power conference teams. Actually, there might not be any power conference team that I'd be willing to lay the ten points with Stanford against. This is a spot where I'm just going to be fading Sanford. I'm not sure if you've got a little bit of a different opinion than me, but this Stanford side, as long as you're laying 10 points with them, it's unbettable. 
Yeah, as I said uh, when we were off the air, this was the game I was actually looking at when we came on, and I, I Stanford double-digit favorites. I mean, you want to know how bad Stanford is? They lost to Cal by 22 points. That's almost humanly impossible to do. And I just don't know if people want it like, you know, they're still ranked 110 on Ken Palm. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I mean, listen, their wins this year, Loyola, Chicago, awful. Green Bay, awful. <laughs> Florida State early in the year. You know what I mean? Cal Poly. Like, this is a bad, bad basketball team. And you're right. Oregon State isn't a great team, but they fight. You know, they lost by nine, you know, at Oregon. The they, they they play hard. They lost by 12 to Arizona. You know, those teams just have more talent. They end up pulling away. Arizona State beat them by five. Um, they don't have a ton of talent, but but they're fighting you tooth and nail. I don't see Stanford winning this game by double digits. I think you've got to be crazy to lay double digits with Stanford. I can pretty much guarantee you I'm going to be on the Beavers tomorrow. Absolutely, and we'd be crazy not to get you on the show, Tom, because you do amazing work over there at Action Network, taking a look at wide variety of things, all forms of football. You do a great job on the college basketball front as well. Always do appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot for having me. Always great to have Tom Casale aboard. He does great work over at Action Network, and we were talking about our VEASAN Pro Tip with him for our number one. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort these by show and by sport. If you're taking a look at these NFL playoff games and you're a little bit unsure because we were talking about that Eagles versus New York Giants game, it might be a little bit better to maybe pass on a half a point to a point in line value, especially with this being beyond the critical number of seven and know what you're getting out of the Eagles rather than firing a little bit on the blind if you do like the Eagles side. And coming up next, taking a look at college basketball for Thursday and my DK Nation pick here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with five good things. 
a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.